It's November 2nd. Quarantine has kept us down, but we have risen back like the phoenix from the ashes. This is the return of Orange is the New Browns podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It is the Orange is the New Browns podcast. I'm KT with, as always, to my left. Oh, you want me to introduce yeah, my Yeah, you could introduce yourself. You oh, know. I'm Brian. Oh, Brian. Brian. Yeah. yeah, I almost forgot who you were. It's been a while, man. I know. So, uh, you know, just like uh, everybody else, we've all been dealing with the COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. Working from home, you having to be out there. Yep. Me, just working from home. I'm doing a little bit of both. I'm I'm bored out of my mind. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Well, we've got a list as long as symptoms of COVID to get through today. So let's get it started with our Cleveland Browns. We're sitting at five and three after a terrible loss last yesterday, pretty much. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday was uh sixteen to six against the Las the, Vegas uh, Raiders came to town. Oh, we get to say Las Vegas Raiders. Finally. Yeah. I don't want to see I wanted to come out with Las Vegas Raiders. Ah. Because I will catch myself saying the Oakland Raiders if I do not start off strong. You got to start off strong, which we did not yesterday. Well, we definitely know this much: they did take a car from Oakland to Las Vegas. They did, yeah. So it's a short drive. It's a short drive. I mean, it's like a few hours. It's I mean, it's like driving halfway across the state of Texas. You I mean, know, it's pretty much what, four or five hours. Yeah, it's pretty much what you most know. of that is traffic in California. <laughs> so that's what that is. Well, let's talk about let's talk about yesterday's game really quick. Um, it was uh, pretty windy. The first kick uh, that was missed by, oh, or, oh I almost said Oakland. Yeah, uh, Las, Las Vegas is uh, whipped it up in the, uh, the dog pound. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, celebrated it, that victory. That was oh. probably the only victory I celebrated that day. Yeah, that's for sure. The missed field goal, and maybe Cody Parker Parkey's uh, field goal that went you know line drive and barely made it over the post so that was in the dog pound though he made it he made it in yeah. the in the, on the rough side so pretty interesting yeah if i was cleveland though winning that toss i would elected to keep the ball like right off the bat you know because we we deferred to the second half and when you defer to the second half that gives if we don't pick the side of the field we pick the offense so we get the ball kicked to us that means the defense gets to choose where they're going to kick the ball to. So they chose accordingly to send us to the dog pound in the fourth quarter, knowing that's where the the winds were bad at. So, you know, we kind of, we kind of screwed ourselves over, just should have started the game off as a, as the offense and done it that way. We, we won the, co- the, the, to- the coin toss, choose to receive it. Yeah. Especially in this type of weather. I did learn something yesterday. Oh, okay. During the broadcast, uh, the boring, uh, Chris Spillman and the other guy, I don't even know the go- other guy's name is, but grumble, Grumble being the the mixture of rain and sleet, tiny bits of hell. <laughs> learned that while I was grumpy during the Browns game. So learned about Grumble, and weather's fun, kids. Very weather is fun. Yeah, I mean. So I mean, honestly, I thought it was an episode of uh, Magic School Bus. You know, <laughs> that's what I thought, and I learned a lot. Well, I mean, that's we definitely learned a lot of things from that game. One, uh, the offense is not the same without both running backs and tight ends. And definitely tight ends, uh, especially when you're rookie tight end. That's done good pretty much the entire season until that play where he fumbles the ball. Yeah, uh, that, that was I big, mean that, that that's, hurt. That's tossed up the grumbling. 
That's yeah. that. And then you have uh, David Njoku dropping passes. Yes. You have Jarvis Landry dropping a touchdown pass and a few other passes. You had receivers drop six balls, the most that we've had in a game since 2018. So that plays a uh, pivotal role in that deciding loss because if our receivers were catching like Oakland receivers were catching, it would have been a closer game. Most likely we would have came out on top. But we didn't control that because our, our players dropped passes that were easily catchable. And I know everybody's going to be talking about OBJ not being there. Uh, would have made a nothing. would have would have it really made a difference? No. I mean, I thought I thought we didn't go to uh, Hollywood at all that game. We went one time and he threw him out of oh he a couple of times, but he threw him out of bounds one time. Yeah. If Baker I mean, Mayfield would have hit the pass first, like faster. He would have picked up 18 yards, but he waited and Higgins got knocked out in the yeah. fourth quarter. So it was like, well, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, kind of thing. And that weather was hard to play in. Uh, Kareem Hunt played a tell-off. I feel like we ran away from the, the run game too quickly in the second half. Agreed. And I think they should have kept with Kareem Hunt. I think they should have even put Dearness Johnson in there because the, the two-back tandem in Oakland kept their legs fresh. And I mean, like Josh Jacobs and Booker there, I mean, two pretty decent backs, but they made us look like we couldn't tackle at all. Uh, and then you put the uh, ankle injury by Miles Garrett in there where he's only playing third-down pass rushes. We just didn't have the defense that we normally have. The, I'd say the defense that we normally have up front, our secondary still sucks. So well, there's that. There's another, you know, scary thing is that Miles Garrett did suffer a knee injury. He's getting an MRI today. So that we all know from last year how big of a difference a difference maker he is on defense uh, when we're when he's off the field. Yeah. Uh, it looked like at first when he originally came off that they were going to take care of business. I mean. Uh, Olivier Vernon, two sacks. Two sacks. I mean, he showed up to play. Uh, you know, our secondary is very depleted. Uh, Greedy Williams still on IR. Uh, we we have three safeties that you know. Uh, I definitely think Harrison needs to definitely do uh, ball warm up drills. You know, catching the ball because him and Darren Mitchell. Yeah, both two weeks both in a row we have dropped sure interceptions that would have gone easy back for a touchdown. Interceptions. So, uh, you know, those are those are the little things that are that are going to hurt us on defense uh you know the the big question right now is is miles garrett injury to his knee uh as bad as obj's let's hope not um you know i thought obj probably just you know kind of tweaked something and then boom you know he's got an acl injury so let's hope that this is not the same type of issue that you know uh miles garrett is going to have to deal with and let's just hope it's just a sprain or or something like that well they're they're calling it today an ankle injury oh so i'm thinking it's probably a high ankle sprain but that gives the opportunity for uh healing to come up because we're now in the bye week so now we have 14 days to get mayfield who has ribs landry who has ribs chubb with his knee and garrett with a high ankle sprain possibly knee injury uh, all healed up and rested. Austin Hooper, 14 more days, recover from the appendectomy surgery. That's kind of freaky. Uh, once we get that back, I think our offense will be able to, to go again. We, uh, we performed well against Cincinnati, but the weather was a lot better against Cincinnati than it was in Cleveland against the Raiders. The defenses themselves were one of the same crappy. The Raiders defense and the Bengals defense, trash, complete trash. But we let the weather get to us, and we kind of faded away from a run game again by getting down by a touchdown, and it just didn't work out after that. Uh, Kevin Stefanski didn't call a good game in the second half, and then we just learned from it. Yeah, he's five and three as a head coach. I love it. 
You know, I haven't been this excited about Browns football since 2014 with Mike Pettin going seven and four, and then Mike Pettin getting screwed by his his uh, front office staff to pull Brian Hoyer, and then we went seven and nine the rest of the season. So I feel like um, with what the Browns are doing now and the the opponents that we have coming up, we still can have a ten win, eleven win season uh, with you know a couple of losses coming to Pittsburgh and Baltimore because I don't know if we're ready to beat them now. Well, uh, you know, after watching the Baltimore and Steelers highlights. Uh, you know, it just reminds me that we are not that far away. I mean, we're close. I'm I'm gonna say that this much on the on Pittsburgh side, they're very one dimensional. They're either gonna, I mean, because Ben Roethlisberger is just gonna sit in the pocket, he's gonna throw the ball downfield to whatever open receiver is there, and they're gonna pound the ball. Real simple. Their yeah. project, I mean, that their philosophy of football has not changed in almost three decades. It's run first, then pass, and then have a great defense. I think we have all those elements. I think, you know, consistency is where we're we're lacking when it comes to uh, play calling in the second half or play yeah. calling in the first half, or are we going to take the ball, uh, or are we going to defer it, stuff like that. We're at home. You take the ball. Yeah. I mean, Especially we, in that weather, you have to take the ball. We take the ball, and we run it down their throat. I mean, that's why we have Cream Hunt, and, and Dearness Johnson, like you said, it, it, he's a monster too. So, uh, that being said, you know I have to. Uh, the five and three record is kind of misleading uh, due to the fact that Oakland that that game should have been a win, easily. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. Uh, Oakland. They said yesterday, Las David Carr's. Yeah. Las <laughs> Vegas. Las Vegas. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Las Vegas. David Carr. Or not David Carr. Derek. Derek Carr. Brother. Golly, I'm getting all all of them screwed up today. You're in early 2000s right I know, now. right? So uh, Derek Carr, uh, you know, talked to the press the night before and was talking about, you know, how bad he plays in bad weather. Well, I mean, he didn't really do fantastic at all. Uh, there was no, a couple. Really. I mean, it was uh, – I also saw that, you know, Baker – it looked like the balloon, you know, got popped after the, you know, the first – you know, first couple of series, I mean, when they didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. And it just, the gas pedal never got pushed to the floor at all on the offense. So, you know, it's a little misleading on, on our, yeah, we're five and three. And yeah, we've had two big blown out losses, two division rivals, which I think AFC North, even with the Bengals right now, very tough, is one of the toughest divisions in football. Because everybody has an offense, and some of us have defenses. Uh, if we could get healthy and our secondary could get built, I think our defense would be a lot more solid because the the run stat right now, when they're like, oh, we're fifth against the run, that's misleading because m- most, of the play- most of the teams that we're playing against throw the ball against us because they know our secondary is depleted, our linebackers don't cover very well, we're very slow in the zones. And so I think if we can get a healthy secondary in place, this is the this is the trade week. This is the trade deadline week. Yeah. This is where we need to make a splash and get somebody in our secondary. There's still Earl Thomas sitting out there in, in for safety, and Sandejo has been the bane of our existence for a long, long time. He doesn't cover deep. He may. He, I mean, he might be second in the tackles for the team with 43, but he misses a lot of tackles and he misses a lot of assignments. So I would say. Bring in Earl Thomas, put some veteran presence in that secondary. I don't think he's a cancer. I just think he's misunderstood in Baltimore because he played amazing in Seattle. And I think we'll have a more gritty, more tough defense that they'll be a little bit more afraid to throw deep on us because we actually have talent back there. Right now, 
Uh, Harrison Jr. is a pretty good safety, but when your other safety, Sandejo, can't hold his uh, role, it just falls apart real quickly. And that's why deep balls happen to us all the time. Yesterday didn't happen because the wind helped us. But Sandejo himself is uh, the bane of our existence on defense, and we need secondary. We actually need secondary to actually come in and help. Right. Uh, the next question is, is, you know, do we go out and do we trade OBJ? No, no. So I think of where we're at – and there's there's those naysayers that look, oh, Baker looks so good. And you know what? He did look a lot better when OBJ was there. But I think knowing the severity of the situation and knowing how much he cares about his teammate, it woke up Baker Mayfield and said, hey, it's my job to do this. Because I think Baker Mayfield might have, and I'm not saying he does have any guilt. It's not his fault that, you know, it was a freak throw, like a freak jump and land thing. But he threw the interception yeah, that caused the play. And that ball that he threw was trash against the Bengals. So I think that woke him up to be Baker Mayfield yesterday. Unfortunately, when you have six drops and you know one of them in the end zone, and then you have one of your receivers fumble the ball on a nice drive, it kind of takes the air out of your, you know, it takes the air out of you, and you're like, oh, what am I supposed to do? I can't make these guys catch the ball. So Baker Mayfield, I think, is going to be helped because he's not going to be forcing the ball to OBJ. I think the offense will be a little bit more freer because of it. Uh, you'll see more downfield with Jarvis Landry and Higgins. You'll see a lot more trust with the younger receivers, which Baker's always had. Yeah. And then you'll you'll see a lot more, once Hooper comes back, a lot more tight end play that we need. Yeah. Uh, th- there's some. There's still some bad passes that he threw yesterday, like the one that was almost intercepted, the guy that was trying to say that he caught it, but it hit the ground. It was pretty I obvious. I mean, it was pretty obvious. But the fact is, is – my question is, Is it was that a Baker problem or was that a route running problem? You know, that's, that was a weather we, problem, too. We've got, we've, a got a lot of of, we, we've got a lot of inconsistency. That was a grumble problem right yeah, there. there. Okay. So we'll, we'll put grumble as bad pass, bad route, bad weather. Well, <clears throat> with the inconsistencies that we've seen from Baker uh, for the past two seasons, and, and I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's just him. I think uh, the first two seasons, obviously, play calling. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, the, and the coaching staffs that you have. This coaching staff gets it. Uh, I love the fact that they ran two bootlegs right in a row. Right, the first one bad went bad, and then very next play, boom, do it again. Yeah, and then they get the first down. So, unfortunately, we need to make sure that these you know tight ends, one hold on to the ball, two catch the ball. You know, uh, Nujoku keeps talking about trade rumors and he wants to, you know, he still wants to be traded yet. Uh, I don't know any other team that's going to want to take a tight end that won't catch the ball when it's obviously right in his hands. Yeah. He's dropped the, he's dropped a few passes uh, this season and it's, I mean, he's dropped a few passes his entire career and he's plagued by injury so far uh, throughout his career. It's a young career. Uh, I think attitude and you can see it in his body language isn't there. Uh, you have Austin Hooper that will drop a pass. He'll go to the sideline, figure it out, and then go back in there and want to play and want to block. David Njoku sees himself as an athlete and a pass-catching tight end, but he hasn't shown that yet. So I think it was a wasted first-round pick when they drafted him. Uh, A lot of potential, and he hasn't reached that potential, and I don't think he will because uh, he's in his headspace too much now. And that's, that's unfair to himself because it's his attitude and his effort that is detrimental to his play rather than anything around him. He's letting what he finds to be what brings him down excuses rather than reasons to step up because he's not stepping up. No. You know, you have a, a rookie receiver, uh, Harrison Bryant, out of nowhere, take your job and make you a third-string tight end. 
that says a lot. Uh, Austin Hooper coming in, we would have two very dynamic tight ends that David Njoku would get out of his head and play. But you got beat out by Harrison Bryant, and Harrison Bryant has proven himself. Unfortunately, with the weather situation yesterday, I think receivers need to wear sleeves for that reason because that ball's wet, your skin's wet, it's going to pop out. Yeah. No matter if you have two hands in the ball. And that's what happened to Harrison Bryant yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, I've been big on uh, Harrison for sure this year. So that's a that's a bright spot in, in a draft pick that was kind of questionable at first. I was like, why are we drafting another tight end when we just paid one five years? Uh, and we still have Njoku that's, you know, recovering from his broken wrist and all that other fun stuff that happened yep. last year. So uh, I think it would have been a little different uh, if Njoku shows that, you know, he says he's in, but yet when he's making these terrible drops, like it just it, it deflates everything that's going around. And, and that, that happened a lot yesterday. And it wasn't just Njoku. I mean, Jarvis Landry – this season has dropped more passes than I've mm-hmm. seen him drop in his entire career. I mean, this guy is Mr. Reception. And, uh, it, it, you know, big, the, the question is, is do we need to go out and we need to find other receivers or do we need to go get, you know, some of the receivers that, uh, you know, Baker was comfortable with, you know, the previous year. So, uh, that, you know, those questions, you know, those questions are the ones that are going to need to be answered at some point this season. Yeah. Of, uh, somebody needs to step up and, and catch the ball and become that number one, whether it's a tight end or a receiver. The good news is we get Chubb, the Chubb train back, hopefully. Need him. After it's, the bye. It's a needed. And Kareem Hunt knows he needs him because Kareem Hunt uh, wants to be that power back. And he's got finesse. He's got a lot of finesse, uh, and he has power, but he does not have Nick Chubb power. Uh, Nick Chubb has that one-cut step. You want to hit me, you're going to get hit. I'm going to roll over you. Kareem Hunt will take a couple of shots, and then we'll go down. He goes down fighting, though. So I think that tandem back will be successful again when Chubb comes back. The fear that I have and what I, the confusion that I have with the Browns is that you had Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, – the week before in Cincinnati, step up yep. and make these huge plays, show his size, show his speed, show his ability. And I'm an Ohio State fan. This guy's a Michigan kid. I don't like him. I, I look at him as Braylon Edwards, but we spent a six-round pick on him. So it's not like a it's not like a first-round Braylon Edwards trash pick. We're yelling at one season. There's, there's potential with this kid, and he's an athlete. And he stepped up in crunch time and made an amazing catch against the Bengals to win the game by an amazing throw by Baker Mayfield. And yet we replace him – with Kaderil Dodge the next week because Kaderil Dodge is now available. I would have left Kaderil Dodge as a reserve and put Donovan Peoples-Jones in that third receiver block with Rashard Higgins and Jarvis Landry because those three players did absolutely amazing against the Bengals. And I think that would have been a lot needed with the Browns because where did Donovan Peoples-Jones play? Michigan? And does Michigan have like easy falls and EV winners? No. no. He plays in this mess. And that's where I think the uh, the correction needs to happen. And so I hope the Browns will see that. Stefanski and uh, uh, Van Pelt see, okay, well, we kind of know Dodge's ceiling. Peoples-Jones, his ceiling's wide open right now. I mean, Let's that, see what we have. This guy, is the opportunity I, for him. You know, I actually like the six picks, you know, from him. Uh, I think he was the number one wide, rec- wide receiver for Michigan at that time. I thought he was – you know, uh, a he playmaker. suffered from bad coaching. Yeah, he did, and that's <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> Michigan's still suffering from bad, bad coaching. coaching, obviously. Uh, but you're talking about a guy that OBJ goes down. You know, 
and he take and he takes the roll yeah. and runs with it and catches the game winning touchdown catches multiple first down uh sideline catches last week and then what do we do we put him on the bench for a guy that I've never even heard of until until the last Bra- year. until last year and to be honest I think I think uh when it comes down to it is Sometimes these football geniuses think, well, we need to bring back the guy that they're comfortable with. Well, here's the deal. That rookie has shown nothing but veteran smart plays. He hasn't fumbled the ball. He's caught everything that's come to him. He might, you know, he might not know the offense as well, you know, because sometimes I feel like he's he's kind of lost when Baker's, you know, trying to guide receivers to what side they're supposed to go on. Yeah. But the guy runs great routes and catches the ball. Yeah, that's that's the, uh, the guys you want in. And he's an athlete. Yes. And so not only will he catch the ball, but he'll make somebody move and then he'll break, pick up more yards. Nothing against Cordell Dodge. I don't think he has the capability to have that speed and to have that uh, athleticism that Peoples-Jones has to make those cuts and to get upfield and score touchdowns or you know make the route changes to actually get open. Uh, Cordell Dodge is always covered by somebody. And so it's always tough catches. I mean, you think about it, he's been on the field a lot more than Peoples-Jones, and Peoples-Jones has three receptions. Cordero Dodge has three receptions. Uh, Donovan's Peoples-Jones has 56 yards receiving so far. Cordero Dodge only has 51, no touchdowns. And so I think given the opportunities that we've provided for that, I think give Donovan Peoples-Jones that third receiver block he deserves it, give him that opportunity to prove that. Uh, and I think it will be even better when Hooper comes back because we'll have two capable receivers as tight ends because Harrison Bryant can catch the ball, and Hooper can catch the ball and make plays. Then you have Jarvis Landry, you have Richard Hollywood Higgins, and then you have Donovan's People Jones. And I think having that tandem will give that receiver, that rookie receiver, a chance to be covered by a safety or a linebacker, and he's going to make plays. Oh, yeah. That's what you have to do. And Cordell Dodge won't make the plays. Yep. No, I totally agree with you on that. Well, with the Browns, I mean, we're five and three. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is a it's it, it's a bright time in Cleveland right it, now. You know, even even with that loss, I mean, I, I wasn't too terribly mad about the loss. Yeah, I was disappointed, but at the same time, I thought, okay, you know, there's several factors going into this game: weather, injuries, and uh, you know, obviously coaching on the second half. But overall, this season, I mean, we're half we're already halfway through. I mean, we are eight games through, so uh, we're five and three. We're well above five hundred for the first time since nineteen ninety four. You know, I'm excited to see. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Uh, you know, the rest of the year. I mean, we got a tough schedule. I think we play Seattle at some point. Uh, we play the Eagles. Uh, we also play Pittsburgh and Baltimore. We also play the Giants. And, oh, and the Giants, which, you know, uh, no Saquon. Uh, Jones is a uh, fumbling, you know, uh, quarterback, so that should be good for our defensive line. Uh, it should be a, it should be a good little, uh, you know, so end of the year. I think we do we play the Titans again? Yeah, we play the Titans, and the way they got played by the Bengals, if we replicate that with how the Bengals have played them and the Steelers played them, we should be able to win too. If you look at our next, uh, I'm gonna say four opponents. You have Houston, very winnable game. You have to play the game. Okay, yep. you got to contain Deshaun uh, Watson. The receivers, they, he doesn't have a lot of receiver talent around him. His offensive line is trash. He doesn't have a run game. So if you contain the quarterback, you're successful. 
uh, and make sure J.T. Watt does not get even close to Baker Mayfield. Uh, Philadelphia, winnable game. That should be a very winnable game. Jacksonville, also extremely winnable game. Tennessee, that's going to be a tougher challenge. Very winnable. We have Baltimore on Monday Night Football on the 14th of December. That can be a game that determines our season because if we come out and lay an egg again like we did the first week of the season against them, it's going to be a bad little taste in our mouth. But we rebound against the Giants. Then we rebound against the Jets. So we have six to seven winnable games if you take out losses to Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's playing at a different level than they've played in years. Uh, and their defense is clicking. But they're not perfect. And so if we can catch them, especially if they've made the playoffs and they have a bye week on the week 17, if we catch them that way, that's our opportunity to get that win right there because they'll want to sit their starters. They will want to worry about that. And then all I want is a 10-6 and six or an 11-5 team that makes a wild card because that shows growth. Yes. And we haven't seen growth since 2004. 2003 whenever we were in the playoffs last and so I think uh Stefanski if he can go through and say you know what we're gonna win against Houston we're gonna win against Philly we're gonna win against Jacksonville we're gonna win against Tennessee we're gonna win against the Giants we're gonna win against the Jets that right there gives us six victories that's 11 wins right there and then we have to play our best games against Baltimore and against the Steelers we need to replicate how we played Baltimore a couple of years back in 2018 where we contained Lamar Jackson and make him look like a running back. Because he, once he's contained, he can't throw the ball like he like people think he can throw the ball. You've said it the whole time. He's a running back that can throw. Right. That's it. He's a very talented player. He's, he's changed the game, but the game is going to catch up to him, and it has caught up to him the last few weeks because the teams that they should compete against, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Titans, uh, I'm trying to think of who else. The, the Patriots had them before. But these teams that they should compete with and look like a, a formidable opponent, they falter and they go against. The Chargers even beat them in the playoffs a couple of years back. It just shows that he is going to get caught up to, and he will make the mistakes. He's, yeah. not gonna, he's not an athletic – he's not a passing quarterback. He is an athletic quarterback who runs and makes plays with his feet. So if we can make that game against Baltimore, that Monday night football, prime time, with horrible announcers. I don't even know who's doing the announcers anymore. <laughs> I think it's like uh, a few of I, I mean, it's not as bad as it was last year with Jason Witten and all those other people. But it's going to be a tough – it's not going to be as tough as the first eight games. We have six winnable games that we should just win. Based on what we've done in the first half of the season, we should just win, barring any injury or anything that's happening to the team. Right. I uh, couldn't agree more on that, uh, especially when it comes down to this is we have the best schedule to finish the season. I mean, the only two that we really need to worry about is Baltimore and Pittsburgh. But what I want to see from Baker is I want to see the same Baker from last week the rest of the season. Yeah. I want to see a guy – and I don't need to see five touchdowns. I want to see consistency. I want to see oh, I need 200 to see like plus yards. Seven touchdowns a game. <laughs> four well, rushing touchdowns. The last time we numbers. The last time we said that, uh, or no, last time not, you said that, he's not. Know. He's not doing that. He's 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 no. He knows his role. Yeah. And I think he's developed into that. He's developing into the quarterback we drafted him. When you see those highlights and you see that he's gotten better as a more consistent passer, 
He's thrown for nearly 1,600 yards right now. So he's on t- – I mean, he's at 1,500, like 1,550. So he's on track for 3,100 to 3,500 yards, depending on the season. If he continues to do what he did like last week, then he'll throw over 4,000 yards, uh, almost 40 touchdowns, and about 14 interceptions based on what he's done so far. So Baker can be the Baker that we drafted. He just has to have the right play calls. And I think Stefanski, uh, being that he is you know, a very offensive-minded coach and is calling the plays, he needs to ga- keep that foot on the gas pedal all game long. And that's the issue is that I think he's had Kirk Cousins a couple of years as his coach, as his quarterback. Yep. He had Case Keenum before, but Case took Keenum him to the playoffs. took him to the MC championship. Yep. You know, like, and when he had Case Keenum, he had always kept his foot on the gas. When he had Kirk Cousins, he would, you know, take it off a little bit because Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. You know you have to because Kirk Cousins will make Kirk Cousins mistakes. But Baker is not Kirk Cousins. Baker has a lot more talent. And giving him the opportunities, if you make the right play calls and let him do what he's doing outside of the pocket, he's the best passer outside the pocket right now in the NFL. Yeah. Why put him in the pocket? Why put him under center right now? Put him as a shotgun, do a lot of bootlegs, do a lot of draw plays, get the defense to move up so he can throw over the top. That's what's going to make this this team even stronger in the second half. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that will make the biggest difference for Baker will be having the two-headed monsters back in the backfield. Uh, with Chubb. Yeah. Because Chubb and Cream at the same time, they open up so many different doors, whether it's the passing door or the running door. Uh, we obviously know that both of those guys can run. Uh, but you don't know, like when we watch the game, you don't know what's going to happen when you have both of those running backs in. You don't know what happens when you're at third down and short yardage, whether we're going to go for you know a little screen pass or a bubble, a bubble pass or – you know, we're going to run the ball. Yeah. They don't know. And that's the – that's that's the – I feel like that piece, we add that piece back in, Baker playing well, uh, and these receivers, these receivers and tight ends catching passes when they catch them. Yesterday was a bad day. I'm going to give them – it was a bad day, bad weather day. But if we can get all these pieces back together and where – I would rather see the offense be tired at the – you know, at the at end the of the end fourth the game, at yeah. the end of the fourth Rather quarter, than defense be tired in the second quarter. Yeah, I'm. I, you know, that defense, believe it or not, I don't care if they're thirtieth against the pass or not. They've won games for us, mm-hmm. and they keep us in the game most of the time. Not yesterday. Not yesterday. Yesterday was that was our demise as a defense. They couldn't get off the field to save their lives. Yeah, at all. But when you have, you know, Miles Garrett injured, you have a secondary. Uh, you know, that's oh, it's so weak super depleted at oh. this point you know i'd like to see greedy williams at some point come back i don't i don't even know if he's going to play this year he has like nerve damage in his shoulder yeah so uh you know these are these are issues that uh that can affect any game and i feel like right now we need to have our offense at full go when we get back from this bye to see to, to help that defense out simple as that yeah i mean we're opening it back at home against the texans we have that opportunity to to make a statement again um we made a statement throughout the first eight weeks that we're not going to be a layover we're not going to be a pushover we're not going to give up uh we had some issues against the top tier teams in the afc north but we're just so close to being that top tier team that it's getting exciting with you're looking at the afc north because you're looking at four formidable teams in that division 
And then you see a division like the NFC East, and you're like, does anybody want to win this? Does anybody want to win this division? You have the Washington football team. Hey, we beat them. Uh, you have the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, we beat them too. And then you have the Giants and the Eagles, and they're all playing like they don't want to actually win. And uh, you kind of – I don't feel bad about the Cowboys situation. I feel bad for Dak because Dak was having an amazing season because uh, he was the only player that I was actually doing anything. But I don't feel bad for Cowboys fans because we've had to endure years, years. and years and years of suffering. You're, it's your turn. Yeah. Like, And you guys picked Mike McCarthy. He's not doing what you expected him to do. Uh, your defense is trash, and you're supposed to have an amazing defense. You're supposed to have this formidable defense, and they've tra- they've, they've, and they've, they've traded their defensive players yeah, already. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we're going to give up on the season. And so I think if I'm Jerry Jones and I'm Steven Jones for the Cowboys, and I'm going to call this, just suck the rest of the season. Trevor Lawrence is you coming. Don't wanna, you don't want to play. If you don't want to pay Dak his money, draft Trevor Lawrence. You know who the, how big of a, a freaking draft pick that was? You know how many people will be in those stands? If COVID allows it, that's <laughs> it will be back to the regular 110,000 like it was when Tony Robo was quarterback, winning you know 12 to 14 games a season, not making the playoffs, not making the play, oh, making the playoffs, but just fumbling away, you know, right. or you know. a lot of eight and eight seasons. Yeah, it happens. I mean, so I just I look at it that, and I mean that was Jason Garrett right there, <laughs> but you 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 see these teams like that, and then you see us that we're on the rise. If we find the pieces, and the pieces that we need now is in our secondary, and I'd say in our linebacker group for sure. Imagine if we had Schobert. Oh, now you're on the Schobert. No, I've always been a Schobert fan. I told you. Uh, he, I mean, I've always been a Schobert fan, but like the yeah, price tag that he wanted. But if you look at what we have, and if you would, if we would actually sign Schobert, our with B.J. Goodson and Mac Wilson, because I am not a talkie talky fan. The guy goes into the wrong hole for run plays. He can't tackle in the backfield, and he's very slow on a uh, pass coverage. I love the name. I love the talkie talky sauce. He's just not working. Mac Wilson, on the other hand, has the speed. Needs to catch up on his pass coveraging, but makes the right plays. Instead of having to bump into Taki Taki into a hole, if we had a Schobert in there, it'd be a lot better. Yeah. And uh, our secondary, if we had a Greedy Williams where Terrence Mitchell could play that inside corner, and then we uh, if we had safeties, uh, I mean, like, unfortunately, we had Delpit get hurt in training camp and lost his seasons to an Achilles injury. Uh, and we have to pick up Sandejo, who wasn't supposed to play this year, and uh, he came out of retirement to play. And I, I hate the guy, and I wish people would be more inclined to be like, stop putting him in there. But there's nobody else to put in there. Yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm trying to be supportive. He makes the tackles here and there, but at the same point in time, it, there's always two to three to four mistakes that he makes a game that's like, oh, you just extended this drive. Well, and Carl Joseph was back yesterday. Yeah. And I don't know why we didn't have – and Harrison was back. So, I don't know why we didn't have Harrison and Carl Joseph as the – and then yep. throw Sandeo as the, the nickel. You know, I, I don't I don't understand why we're, why we're putting them in the back yeah. when you got Carl Joseph that can cover and does pretty decently. And then you've got Ronnie Harrison doing what I believe Sandeo should be playing is more of the – uh, let's throw him up to the line. Let's let him rush, you know, rush in and and try to uh, disrupt the the uh, quarterback. But again, you know, Stefanski's got a whole week to figure out what he's going to do for the exactly. Rest of the season. Let us let he needs this week to be let his starters heal. Yep. Uh, but I will say a couple of the lights that we have on defense 
is our draft picks from a few years ago. It's Miles Garrett. Yep. Uh, one of the highest paid defensive ends in the game. And uh, Denzel Ward, who had an offseason last year. Uh, he had an off, really offseason last year. And this year he's coming back out as Denzel Ward. Um, let him be the warden. Let him be out there in control, and he's doing. He has the most pass de- uh, deflections in the game right now. People aren't throwing his way very often because they know what kind of talent he is. He tackles. Uh, so giving him some support with the safeties and another cornerback that's uh, just as formidable as he is, I think this defense will turn it around if we can get that, and I really hope that we try to do something during the trade deadline. It seems like Sh- uh, Sashi Banks uh, or Sashi Brown – is it Sashi Brown right now? Yeah. It, it seems no, like it's not Sashi Brown. What's his name? Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry, whatever his name <laughs> is. Uh, Andrew Barry has the ability to make the trades necessary to build this team, and not just for a season, but to continue the growth. So I really hope that they either make a signing or, in turn, make a trade that makes this defensive uh, back formidable. Well, I mean, if they want to do a playoff push, they got to do something. They have to in the secondary. I mean, we there, can't, there's no we question can't give about up 350 it. yards, four touchdowns a game. I don't know how many game. times we talked about this. I told I told you last year I wanted Trey Boston as a safety. They didn't go get him. Reed was still out there. They didn't go get him. He's still out there right now. Yeah. This at this point, like Earl Thomas, why would you not want that guy on your team? When you are this depleted in that in that area, I would say. I mean, this is the bye week right now, right? Yeah. I would say sign Eric Reed and sign Earl Thomas to the safety side. We just improved our defense. There's a chance. There's a chance that at Tenfold that point, there. could you imagine? Now Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have to. You know, he's 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 not going to worry. He's going to worry about the middle of the worried. field the yeah. whole time, right? Because now he can't pay attention. Now he can't just you know lob the ball up and and hope that uh, you know, <laughs> Sunday his, will be out of the yeah yeah. yeah. It's this is you need guys that know to play the position, and uh, you know I I still think Carl Joseph is is a good is a good one, but he's, he is yeah he's he's still he reminds me of Peppers, you know uh it's oh he makes statements throughout the game yeah but at the same point in time he does get out of position he does get out yeah. of position and and he's not he's not an Earl Thomas he's definitely uh you know he, he's he's definitely no amazing. Uh, safety that everybody thought he was going to be. Yeah. So what I'm hoping to see is let's have Andrew Barry pick up the phone, start doing some willing and dealing, find us some safeties. Hopefully we get Greedy Williams back at some point this season because I really think if we put Greedy back in there and and he plays well, then that solves our problem. We're in the playoffs. We take the wild card and we run. You know, yeah, because so. we have Terrence Mitchell and Kevin Johnson as uh, veteran uh, backups yeah. now, and that's a good thing. They can spell the uh, the the talented young cornerbacks. But our safeties is a weak point, and, uh, and linebacker. linebacker. If we can sure up that position, our offensive line has been absolutely amazing. Even with Wyatt Taylor going down with a calf injury, uh, Hubbard stepped into right guard, and it's been it's just it's been the same team. Unfortunately, we don't have the double punch with uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So there are some, you know, there are some bright spots coming back into the second half of the season. And I will say this, it's been very nice to see the Cleveland Browns look like the Cleveland Browns. I hated the uniforms for the last 4 years, and now we look like the classic Cleveland Browns and it's absolutely gorgeous every Sunday when I see a brown uh top, orange pants or white and orange pants, it's like, you know, we we have this season finally. We look like a team that we're actually supposed to be. Yeah, and 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 it's nice when you turn off a game and winning 
with 30 plus points on the board. Yeah. Like we've not winning by uh you know one point. Yeah, it's been a different world. It's so. it's a, it's a nice deal. So uh let's uh let's talk about your Ohio State Buckeyes. We're back finally. Hey, two weeks in a row we've we've shown why we are the number one college in college football, one number one team in college football. Uh, Ryan Day's Buckeyes, uh, we came out slow against Nebraska, and then, bam, second Turn half, 52-17, to 17, like, just game over. Against Penn State, they made the plays, they made the stops, 38-23, or 38-25, we won by 13 in Penn State, which is hard to do against a tough uh, Penn State team. The team is built for a run. Uh, it's in the season, our opponents that we have, we have a very good shot of making college football playoffs but not only that winning the national championship because our offense is just starting just yeah. starting and the growth that we're going to have there is amazing the defense uh we have now our tackle garrett and uh, a couple of defensive ends now starting to show up uh like a chase young and like a bosa that we're used to and so we'll see we'll see growth I and mean it's been exciting to watch real college football the last two <laughs> weeks because i've been tired of this other crap that we've that we've been on i mean there's only so much you can watch. I mean, the ACC is just not doing. I mean, I'm I'm I tired mean, of watching San Marcos State or you know, you know, <laughs> San State. You know, was it Texas State? Texas State, and it's like you Houston. Know, I, yeah, in Houston, <laughs> you see all these other like small schools because none of the Power Five schools were playing other than the ACC and the SEC and the Big Twelve. And the Big Twelve football is just bull. It's it's a joke. It's it's not even good. Like it's not even fun to watch. And then you get the Big Ten. You get the like the the tough football back, and. Then you have the Pac-12. I don't really care about the Pac-12. But then you have the Big Ten football, and you have real college football back. You have real historic colleges back, and you have rivalries. Even though there's no fans in the stands, just a couple of family members, it's beautiful to watch. And it's been so exciting to see the last couple of weeks seeing how the Buckeyes have been. You know, we didn't have a season. Now we got a season. Now let's let's finish this on a high note. So And being safe. Yeah. So. So. And our quarterback doesn't get COVID like uh, the number one quarterback in college football right now. Yeah. So and who who knows who knows I mean uh, obviously I I hear that Trevor Lawrence has fallen out of the uh, the uh, Heisman watch for this year so that's pretty interesting just because he, oh, he's missing two games yeah he would so then. so he's gonna he's you know it, it, I I don't know why that would knock him out I mean the guy has shown his during I mean, his college talented. career I mean the guy is good he's talented uh it now the question is can that transfer to the NFL we'll see. In my, I don't like Dabo Sweeney. Not in the Jets. So I don't really not care. if he's in a Jets uniform. He's no, not. if he's a Jet, and I, you, know, you, I don't feel bad for Sam Darnold, ugliest quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he, uh, he's not, he's not a good quarterback. And I mean, like Sam Darnold Jets, makes when the Jets Joe drafted Flacco him, and I was like, what did they do this for? And so, Trevor Lawrence will love the New York market, and the New York market will love him, but he won't love the team that he's on, especially if he's got Adam Gase as a coach. I'm assuming if it, the season is as atrocious as it is now. It won't be Adam Gase. But uh, if the Cowboys don't win for the rest of the year, I think you'll see you'll see the, the Cowboys the draft. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. As so. a Cowboy. Yeah, you'll see. That. I mean, that's Jerry Jones. He wants to sell tickets. That's what he's about, money. Yeah. So And ab- about jersey sales. And so if he has a Trevor Lawrence, uh, people will f- forget about Dak Prescott real fast because of that number 16 that he's going to put on. There you go. Uh, let's uh, rewind the clock just for a little bit. Our lovely tribe. You know, let's do some tribe talk real oh, quick. Baseball came and went real fast. Yeah, it did. And, and it, it was uneventful. I mean, when you just don't even show up for the playoffs, it just seemed like, I mean, you, you're 
number one pitcher, Bieber, uh, just, I mean, he just got lit up by New York. I think the the Yankees were cheating, bro. No, I mean they're you know. they're pr- they're just like Houston. I yeah, mean, they're just on. they're just like Houston. They're uh, cheaters. They've been cheating for the last forty years. But you know <laughs> the the offense. I mean, when you when you have an offense that first game just not doing anything, and then they score nine runs, but your bullpen gives up nine runs, and it's like you're you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, kind of thing. Um, baseball. I I honestly think they just did that to have a season, you know? And, you know, luckily, you know, Dodgers fans are like, oh, we get to celebrate. Your team won 60 games. It's going to have an asterisk. It's it's an asterisk to me. It's not a real – to me, it's not a real World Series victory. You played like a a shortened season when most of the teams were just playing shorthanded. And you had the Red Sox who didn't have any of their star pitchers there. All of them said we're taking the season off for COVID. Yeah. So, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you know, but the real question is: is what happens with Lindor? Uh he still has another year that we can do an arbitration. Um, if I was the Indians, I would sign him, and for just and then trade exactly, him. and then sign him and trade him. Sign, we'll sign him so. for a while, and then and then if if the pr- before the production fails, like what we do with everybody, you know, like except for you know, uh, you know, CC Sabathia still had a lot in him. Uh, Cliff Lee obviously still had a lot in him. Uh, Kluber is really the only person that I was like really surprised based on you know I mean he's just had nothing but health issues. Uh, yeah, he didn't even get to finish the season. No, nah, I mean he d- he played one game. He played one inning. Yeah, <laughs> so not even one inning. No, he, he just threw he a made, few pitches. Yeah. That was it. Uh, so. And I think I mean the Indians might have been smart, but I mean who we got didn't really make sense uh, in regards to Corey Kluber. And I love Corey Kluber. I was really pissed off with that trade. Yeah. Um. He's always a Cleveland Indian to me because he's been two-time Cy Young winner. Uh, he was always there, even when they were crappy. He was good. Like it was just, it's been nice to see. But Francisco, if 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 you're if you're the Dolans, you have to at least sign him. Uh, you have to at least try to get him to be something that he's, you know, to be that marquee of a player. Stop letting him walk. Pay him, you know, because we do have the talent in the actual farm system yep. that we can rebuild a first baseman we can rebuild a short uh, we can rebuild a second baseman you have jose ramirez for a few years you, you're our, our draft you know our catching uh, our catchers are really good right now like we have both of them you know, that are cheap for a while all you have to do is get a couple of good pitchers and some uh, one hitter and you're you know if you have three great players that are hitters on that team with some great you know some average hitters like we had back in the 90s we can make those runs that we had, but if we get rid of Francisco Lindor without anything in turn, it's just another Indian but, situation. You know, it's another Manny Ramirez <laughs> situation. It's another Albert Bell situation. Well, you the, the situation that you said in the 90s, but you're talking about a team that had a first baseman, a second baseman, a third baseman, a shortstop, a center fielder, left fielder, right fielder, and a catcher that were all batting over 280. I mean, and hitting home runs. Ex- you know, we have not been the the offense has not been that good in a long time, uh, so they need to go out and they need to get a solid hitter. You know, they don't have to go. They don't have to go. I mean, they let go. Uh, uh, Incarnacion. Incarnacion. Yeah, yeah, they traded. I him. mean, that guy was not done. 
and I think he could have we could have had him for one more year. Um, but we got Carlos Santana back. Yeah, we, the same and, and Car- yeah, and so the good news is is, but just imagine if we still had one more, because we still need bats. I mean, when you're batting two thirteen, or you know less than two fifty, a whole season that's shortened, there's no way you're going to win a playoff game. And it proved it. I mean, the, the yeah, offense could never, ever get anything going except for – I mean, it's for, hard to win in 60 games. Well, and you only got one guy that's doing batting anywhere near 300. And then you have your coach that's out halfway through the yeah, year. Yeah, that too. And so, I mean, and, and Zanny Almar Jr. did a great job. They, yeah. They've still had a great record for, you know, the what they had. But, you know, when you don't have Tito Francona back there, it's it's hard to, to kind of, you know, rally the troops and get them going when your, your manager's out with blood clots issues. Um, but it's 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 a different it's a different baseball game. I want to know what baseball is going to look like next spring, how it's going to play out. Uh, I want to see if it's going to be even remotely close to what we've seen in the past. Uh, I really hope the Indians do something with it, but um, it just wasn't it wasn't fun to watch. You know, it, it was. Uh, I watched a few games. I watched one playoff game, and it just it it, it lacked the the baseball that we know. The fans that Cleveland puts in the stands, you know, the energy they build in that, you know, in Cleveland, plays a huge role in any any baseball stadium. And when you have empty, empty cathedrals to the game, and you're having sound pumped into the 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 broadcast, it doesn't make sense. Like it's just it takes away from everything, and it takes away from the players. They don't have that energy. They don't get to feed off the energy. It's not like a game seven of the 2016 World Series where the fans go nuts. Yeah, uh, and keep the team in the game. The team's like, oh, we ha- we're feeding off this crowd. It's dead. So when you're down by eight runs, you're like, doesn't matter. Nobody's paying attention anyway. Like, baseball viewership was down, and then it just didn't make sense. And I yeah. think MLB did it to just rescue a season, to have that you know give people something to watch. But it still was the least watched baseball well, season in history. And they had to they had to have a season because they have to make their payments and they have oh they have to have revenue brought into the tv and you gotta you gotta live up to your contract for the you know the the tv slots and all that stuff so i mean i understood what the the way i mean everybody was questioning nfl playing uh due to covid everybody's questioning college football because of covid uh baseball's no exception nhl no exception i mean everybody's taking a hit uh do do i think that they could have done a better job of course they could have done a better job but again, this is a year of we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we got players that you know th- that could be out the very. I mean, Mayfield could get COVID, boom. Then we go with Keenum, right? Yeah, so he can different, step up. Di- different. You know, things are going to happen. Uh, you know, w- but I feel like the NFL has done a decent job on protecting not only their players but also being able to start implementing the. The crowd's back. And I think that's what baseball sh- could have done, yeah. which would have made it a little bit better. Yeah. I don't know if it would have really salvaged the season, but I think it would have maybe – it, it definitely in the playoffs. Like, how do you not – how do you have a playoff game and not have fans? Not one fan. That, now, they, the World Series, they allowed a few right. fans. But, I mean, you're you're talking about a stadium that's in nobody's district. The Dodgers yeah. and the Rays. Yeah. I mean, I might know one Tampa Bay Ray fan in the state of Texas. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> – I mean, probably in the world, actually. But Tampa, like nobody's doing that. And Dodger fans, if they're if they're Dodger fans in Texas, they're they're bandwagon fans. They're just you know. Aww. They're LeBron James. They're LeBron James fans. They're LA fans. But the uh, 
<laughs> you know, it's just uh, it was just a kind of put together season, and I know he did it just to you know to make sure that the baseball had revenue and players got paid, but at the same point in time, it just wasn't baseball, and uh, but it was you know in my opinion, it was better than what the basketball, uh, what the NBA put out there. True. So. And finally, you know, that's a perfect way to lead us into uh, our lovely Cavaliers. Oh. So let's talk about them. Okay. Cavs, our intimate. Okay. So they uh, they played up until uh, quarantine. Yeah. And then quarantine happened, and they didn't play. Yeah. That's Cavs, our intimate. That's it. That's it. So I mean, you know, you're talking about a team that uh, this is what happens when – just wait until L.A. loses LeBron, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the same way. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know if L.A.'s, uh, you know, ready for this, but guess what? If you thought when you lost Kobe was a bad thing, wait until LeBron leaves your stadium because yeah. then you are going to be uh, full of different, you know, bad contracts with players that don't need to be there. Uh, J.R. Smith, obviously. I mean, he got a, he got another ring. Uh, yeah. And he uh, got shirtless, so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure why, you know, this is, you know, th- this should this should not be a surprise and LA needs to be ready because when the king decides to leave, he leaves the stadium destroyed, he leaves the teams in bad 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 financial problems. Yeah. Uh especially uh the way that he uh, you know, exits, especially when he loses cuz let's just say next year we have a full let's just say we have a full season of basketball, okay? Yeah. Just imagine what happens if LA doesn't win? Oh, it'll be a different world for him because he he won't he want to get out. He'll uh, want he'll want to go somewhere else. Uh, maybe next time he goes to Milwaukee. I don't know. I would. So here's what I think is going to happen. Okay? okay. So LeBron's doing Space Space Jam, right? Okay. Yeah. Right. He's right. doing Space Jam too. I don't know when that movie's coming out because of COVID. Uh, I don't really care to see it come out. I mean, out. it shouldn't you know, really be that hard. It's one person and a bunch of animated characters. Very simple. And then a few basketball players that didn't want to do it show up, too. Right. Okay. So, where are we going LeBron with LeBron James leaves the Lakers, retires from the Lakers, and then disappears for a year. Okay? To reemerge in Seattle, and then he re- he brings back up the C- the Supersonics. LeBron James <laughs> rescues national basketball in Seattle again and is the owner of the Supersonics in Seattle. And then he brings over Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrooks as a as a reunion to develop basketball back in Seattle. That's it. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Just claim it right there, man. Okay. Well, I think LeBron James, Space Jam, and then he's going to go to the Space Needle, and then he's going to actually – save Seattle's Basketball Association again. Let's bring back the Supersonics. All right. Let's bring them back. Sean hashtag. Kemp, head coach. Yeah, hashtag. Gary Payton. Sonics. Gary Payton, general manager. Does Game over right there. All right. Shrimp. What was his name? D- Dimitri Shrimp. Yep. He's a three-point coach. That's all he does. There you, you go. Know? Well, that's our Cavs hour in a minute. I don't think I have anything else. I think it. Uh, I think uh, the fans we've have been waiting. Everything. I mean, we've literally gotten DMs after DMs. I mean, the last time the last time I looked, stop looked sending your penis pics, okay? There's no point to it. Okay. I mean, I wasn't gonna go there on that one, but, but what I'm you when know, you when you go into our DMs, that's a no ski, okay? I mean, I don't know how many times we have to tell Baker Mayfield, look, we know you want to be on the show, okay? But you just got to give it time. We need you to focus on the season. Yeah. All right. We don't take any of his attention. You know, and you know, Bernie, we're still waiting, still waiting on you. Yeah. 
you know, uh, I don't know how much longer we can wait. Forever. I mean, we, forever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For sure. Number nineteen forever. But no, uh, it's it, it is what it is, man. So it's it's fun to be back. Um, figure out how to do this weekly again, and uh, I think we can uh, we can grow it again. Yeah, so I it think just, so. It takes some time. So we're starting back from square one. Yeah, square one, and and again, while everybody's been listening to bad podcasts, you get good quality podcast material from us every time. You will all day. This episode was just informational. I mean, it was we're just here full. to talk you guys and and to like rest assure you guys. We're gonna read you a Dr. Seuss book in just a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> Walk it in my pocket. Okay. You got this. And you guys are going to be comforted back by the Orange is the New Browns podcast. Uh, subpar podcasts are out there. Uh, you you listen to them. You know them. Uh, now you have a real podcast back, and we're going to be pushing out more content than we had in the past. Don't forget about the award that we received. The safest podcast during the COVID pandemic. Yeah, we were the safest podcast during the COVID pandemic. But... For some reason, they used some antibacterial metal. Uh, it was it was more like a stainless steel, corrugated steel. Corrugated steel yeah. was not. N- now they said corrugated steel wasn't the it one wasn't that they wanted. They, yeah, it was they cheap. didn't want to use it, and it w- for some reason it lasted on the surface a lot longer. So, uh, you know, be on the lookout for that. I'm not sure when that's going to happen. When they're going to actually hand us that award? Yeah, when uh, they actually have the actual award ceremony. Yeah, I mean, it was the pr- what the professional nail salon uh, safety award. Yeah. So of northeastern Iowa. Yeah. So uh, big deal. I mean, it's those a huge Iowans deal. love us for some reason. I don't know what it is. Demographic in Iowa, mostly dudes that are in their sixties, but they love us. Hey, uh, let's give. And a they sh- love getting their nails done. Let's give a shout out to the Alley Cats. Uh, another uh, great season. Another under speci- yeah, um, amazing season. Yeah. Uh, Good yeah, coaching. I'm, for first, coach, I'm I, I'm I'm coaching, really proud of you on that. Coaching is a different world for me. So, uh, we uh, we finished the season in second place. I know you guys wanted to know this. We finished in second place, but our last game of the season, we uh, spoiled the uh, number one season for them. We gave them their first uh, tie, and in soccer, a tie is you know in the point systems a loss. And so you they we took away the perfect season. Uh, we got to play, as I told the girls, we got to play the curdled milk. We were going to spoil the cereal, and that's what we did yesterday or Saturday. And uh, amazing season. Uh, I'm surprising myself knowing that I never played soccer. And in the last five and a half years, I can coach soccer uh, and coach it perf- you know, competitively. It's been really nice. Yes. It's been really nice. And I, it goes with my corrugated steel trophy in you know, Topeka, Kansas. I mean, they have to keep chipping away the, the win totals because we just keep winning. Yeah. Keep winning. So... Congratulations, Alley Cats! That one uh, we wanted to do a little shout out for you. Yeah. So you guys, you guys did great. You girls did absolutely amazing. Make me look good. I make myself look good too because I'm just so handsome. You know. Well, just so handsome. I've lost 117 pounds, even more handsome. So you guys, uh, you guys are welcome. Well, that's all I got. That's it, man. That, that's well, all we got. Well, we're glad to have everybody back, and that's our show. We out. Bye. So everybody knows tomorrow is election day. So it begs the question, where did all the poll workers get their education? Answer, the electoral college. Go vote if you haven't. That's our show. This has been the Orange is the New Browns podcast. <laughs>